Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery with me, Jody Stevens. We are here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions. We dive into the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of addiction and recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. Hey friends, welcome back to part two of Back from the Brink, Surviving Opioid Addiction with my friend, Michelle Zumwalt. Michelle is an author, she's a national speaker, she is a recovery advocate. The book is called Ruby Shoes, Surviving Opioid Addiction. So I'm so glad you're hanging out with me again, my friend. And we're gonna be talking about the instrumental role of family in addiction, isolation versus connection with regards to addiction and a ton more stuff. By the way, please share this show with anybody you know that's struggling with addiction, codependency. Maybe it's you, maybe it's a loved one. And if you'd leave a review on iTunes or whatever app you're listening through, that would be cool because that's always super helpful. And we are on iTunes and Spotify and TuneIn and Audible and most of the listening apps. And you can also listen by clicking podcast at jodystevens.org. Oh, and by the way, I'm excited because this is episode 63 already. And it's brought to you by Jody Stevens Production. Just click voice and production at jodystevens.org, audiobook narration, and other audio production and voiceover. But hey, if you're interested in being a sponsor, hit me up because that would be awesome. We can work something out. So, Michelle, before we left off last time, we were talking about unconditional love. It's that unconditional love, I, I think, that, you know, breaks that cycle of shame. And I think yeah. there's so much shame involved in addiction mm -hmm. and to know that not only does God love me, but my family loves me right. and they're going to walk with me through that right. shame. Because I think we tend to shame people that are struggling with anything, but particularly right. addiction. Working yeah. through, I think, shame, what mm -hmm. was that like for you? I think my family, you know, some of my family, Jody, and I really yeah. think they, that's why I love going to book signings and things with them because they are so, they loved me like God loved me, you know, mm, and yeah. completely, and they didn't want me to die and they just weren't afraid to tell me the truth. And, you know, they, they, I don't know if it's codependency or what, but they never gave up on me. They fought mm. for me. They made, yeah. my mom used to say, and my dad and my husband, they would get together and they said, we're going to make her using life as long as she's taking prescriptions as hard as possible. Like you're getting out and we're going to help John raise these girls, you know, mm -hmm. or, but they made when I surrendered and came into recovery, they made my life as easy as possible. You know, they were instrumental in helping me heal and get better and deal with that. They let, you know, they loved me up when I was trying to get better, you know, mm. but when I was doing the wrong thing, boy, they were like all over me. They were united front against me dying from this, you know, yeah. and in many ways, they're the reason I'm alive. I mean, they really are. You know, if they had just said, well, you know, it's it's legal and she's not taking any and I'm not a doctor, you know, whatever. They knew I was dying. They didn't care what the world said. You know, there's a lot of things that are legal in this world that I God didn't call me to do, you know, yeah. and they stood firm with me on what God, how God wants me to live my life. And and they loved me that much, you know. And so and the shame and the guilt is just stuff you that helps me to surrender it and let go of it, you know, and because God has fully forgiven me 
for all those things. And, mm. and I can, it's almost like we can laugh at things that were just incomprehensible demoralization before, you yeah. know, yeah. we can laugh about, you know, how dark it can get because mm-hmm. um, God, it carries us through anything at any point we can come home. If we're breathing in and out and I truly believe like the thief on the cross, yeah. all you got to do is trust God, humbly submit, but I can let that rebellious spirit take me into the grave. Yeah. Or I can come home. God is there through it all. I mean, and that's what people don't understand. It, you know, I tried to clean up before I, you know, I tried to clean up through AA because I didn't want to go into the church, the wreck that I was. Right. And it was so funny <laughs> because when I accepted the Lord, I continued drinking for five years. Yeah. And yet I saw his hand on me the whole time. And towards yes. the end, I was taking Xanax with tequila and that yeah. was the the end for me. And yeah. I would wake up on vomit. I mean, it's really gross. And I yeah. would think, gosh, I've seen, you know, rock stars have died that yeah. way. And yeah. now working towards my clinical yeah. license in, in addiction, alcohol and benzos are the two detox, you know, if you detox from those, it can kill you. And I yes. look back and I, I, it was like, what was I doing? Yes. Did yeah. I not know? Like I would drink this tequila yeah. and think, oh, I'll just have a half a Xanax. Hey, this yeah. is pretty fun. I'll take another one and another, yeah. you know, and then I would wake up like, yeah. it's just, it's so yeah. scary the places we get into and look back. Yes. And, and because the substance, once you're on that substance, you do, you think you're thinking clearly. But you yes. are not. Not at like, all. It's That's, like, right. That's why we need each other, right? Why we need yeah. each other. Something you said made me think of this, you know, that I used to think, and I really think this is the devil that does this to me. But I, you know, I'm the person, that, like you said, I got to clean up before I go to the church. You know, mm-hmm. I can't go if I don't look good. I, I, got, I, I will lose weight before I go back to Weight Watchers, right? Or whatever, <laughs> you know. Can't go to the meetings because I need to get sober first, you know. Yeah, and it's like the, the devil knows that I'm like that, so he uses I think uses that to separate me, you know, from. And you know how they say a lot about addiction is connect losing connection with people. It's yes. a very isolating thing to be addicted and lost like that. And then the devil really has you surrounded when you you know when you're mm-hmm. in that. So the, yes. the key is, I mean, in the Bible, you know how we used to have a pastor in Sacramento that I, I love too, that I know you are familiar with him. He used to say, I loved how he said one time about, you know, uh, the first, you know, God said he built, you know, he did this and it was good in Genesis and he did, they created this and it was good. He created this and it was good. But the first, this is not good in the Bible is it is not good for man to be alone. Right. Mm, And so I always thought that's why the first word is we in 12 step recovery. Mm, And certainly in recovery, I had to have a we. I still do. You know, I stay very connected to recovery meetings and church. And, you know, it's it's a constant because all by myself, I'm going to mess it up. And no matter what it is, I'm going to mess it up. If the devil can isolate me from you or anybody and just has me alone. He's more powerful than me, but he's not more powerful than God. You know? Amen. That's what the drugs do is they make you want to isolate because of the shame. And of course, we know addiction yes. is also, you know, there's a stigma in it, but it, it does take you to that place of isolation where yes. then, as you say, the enemy can tell you 
all sorts of things. No one likes right. you. I can't believe you think that you're so stupid, blah, blah, blah. I was, I had on this show also John Heath. I don't know if you yes. are familiar yes. with him, oh, higher okay. power ministry on the past shows. Holy cow, yes. you got to hear this story. But he, he was with the cartel oh, <laughs> and like getting ready to fly uh, yeah. to, to sell drugs and stuff. But, but one of the things he mentioned was towards the end of his running and using, he was doing meth. And he said he didn't come out of the house for a year. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. people would drive up and bring him groceries. And, you know, we yeah. talk about addiction and quality right. of life going downhill. And I thought, right. isn't that where okay. the enemy wants you? You're stuck mm -hmm. in the house for a year yeah. doing dope. Like, right. how is that? How, yes. Why would anyone like, I mean, here's the thing, Michelle, this is why addiction is such a disease. Yes. The, the stuff you did. You basically killed yourself almost. Here's yes. another guy. He can't come out of the house. Right. And you have like a million people a year dying in this country. If these people could just quit, right? If you could have just quit, you yes. would. My boss yes. at the Life Change Center always says, he says, no one in their right mind, like we have all these protective factors like friends, family, relationships, people, no one in their right mind would give up all those things. No. For, for no yeah. reason. Like, like it's just that, you know, you right. can't just look at it and say, this is just a moral failure. That's like, right. This is a really also, medical condition. That's right. And a lot of accomplished people, you know, I know yeah. some mm -hmm. people in recovery, it's like they're very successful in so many areas of their life, but this one thing they couldn't yeah. do, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you would choose something different for sure. Why wouldn't you, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. it is, it, it is probably... In America, it is probably our greatest struggle is addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our prisons are full of our and our suicide rates have climbed. And a lot of that almost I mean, almost every single suicide uh, death yeah. notification or death that I went to as a chaplain, almost every single one of them had drugs and alcohol in the story, you know, mm -hmm. and our prisons are full of people addicted, you know, and so there's a ton of work to be done with it. And it, what's sad about the opioid thing is it's just getting worse. I mean, yeah. when when I wrote Ruby Shoes, it's it's it was record levels then. It's massively worse today. I mean, we had a hundred thousand yeah. people die of opioids overdoses uh, last year. You know, it's it's a incredibly, yeah. and we're the only country really that has. I mean, a lot of countries have this problem, but we're having it. On such a massive scale, Americans are like four percent of the world's population, and we account for somewhere around a third of all overdose deaths. I mean, that's an American problem, you know, that we can fix. We absolutely can fix this, you know. So I applaud anybody who's rolling up their sleeves and saying, "Hey, I want to share. I want to give you what's happened to me or what's happened to our family in any capacity, because we can get better." We need each yeah. other and don't let the shame of the stigma of this make you feel like you're never, um, you shouldn't share it or you bring shame on anything. This is, you know, this takes all hands on deck to get, you know, and God can help any one of us in any capacity to get better. Yeah. And we need every voice in it because everyone's different. You know, it's like John, right. I love him. His story is different than mine and your stories. We're very different, but in the big things, we are exactly the same. You know, yeah. we're yeah. lost and found in exactly the same way. 
you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Well, in all your work, Michelle, having gotten sober, now fighting against this opioid crisis, what's kind of, what are some things you've seen in the biggest areas of hope and biggest advice on, on dealing with this for for not only addicts, but also their families? Well, I think that the stuff that's on the street right now is killing people. I mean, it's not yeah. a matter of you're playing Russian roulette. One pill can kill. That's one of the campaigns that is so wonderful. And a lot of families have just joined in uh, talking about beautiful lives lost. You know, Sarah and I were in, we were uh, speaking at a medical conference in Louisiana and one of the coroners pulled us aside and said what he's so been so shocked by in our country over the last decade is all of the young people on his tables, you know, oh. and it didn't used to be that way. You know, yeah. it just didn't, it's just totally, and this has become such a problem. So I think there's an awareness that I'm super grateful for in the medical community and first responders and families joining together. I see God moving in that. I also see, um, you know, um, I just see God moving through all of it. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm super grateful that um, the medical community has kind of stood up to some of the prescribing stuff and pushed back on that. Yeah. And we've gone back to more sensible things, but we've seen fentanyl coming across the borders and just Jeez. deadly pills that look like a could be a regular pill. You know, I mm-hmm. tell everybody, don't take an aspirin if you didn't get it from your mom and dad from that. You know, it yeah. you can't take anything on the street or from your school or anything, because you just, it's, it's all deadly. There's so much stuff that'll kill you. And people think, well, I know who I bought it from, or I know who, you know, no, you don't. They don't know what they got. They right. don't know what came to them. I you know? trust my drug dealer. That's that's one of the things <laughs> people will say. And yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's a nice guy or a gal or, or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm not actually sure about that. But yeah. I'm just saying, you know, right? I mean, yeah. that's the, that whole thing right there is funny, right. even though it is not funny. But I, I was reading a story like just even in Reno, a 16-year-old smoked some pot laced with fentanyl, died, yes. you know, Yes. Another woman lost her son. He took one pill. Right. And it's, I, I even heard of a cop overdosing from touching it. I mean, the stuff yeah. is scary. It is and, scary. you know, they've used it in hospitals for years for pain management. It's like a, it's a right. hundred right. times stronger than heroin. Right. So people yeah. are coming in and they're like, forget heroin. Like, yeah. this is like, this is like yeah. it. But right. they're they're rolling it across the border, like you said, because it's tiny. It's like right. the size of a grain of salt could kill you. But yes. then at the same yeah. time, they can they can. I mean, you can bring it in in your pocket and sell yeah. it for thousands of dollars. I mean that, yeah. and 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 they can't cut it or split it because it's because of how it it's formulated. They can't cut it correctly. Yeah. So like yeah, you could guessing. take. A pill and break it in half, and half of it could be a lethal dose of fentanyl, and the other half could have nothing in it. Right, right. It's made illegally. They don't have any idea what they're doing, and they're guessing, you know. Oh, my god. So, and sometimes they get it wrong. So, and then people die, you know, and we just just don't want that to happen anymore. It doesn't have to happen. We can stop it. We may, may not be able to stop all of it, but we can stop a lot of it, you know. And I'm so I'm encouraged by those things, you know, and I'm encouraged by I'm I'm encouraged that I I do see um, a lot of people seeking God 
and help for this and, you know, coming home, you know, in many ways and families restored and the stuff that I've seen God happen in our family. I, I would have never, ever thought it would be our marriage was fully restored. I mean, we were in such a mess because he couldn't save his dying wife. And, you know, yeah. my husband he just loved me and we were so broken, you know, as you can imagine with somebody like that in our marriage. We'll have 29 years married this year and oh, just a beautiful life. And both of our girls are out. One's in medical school and the other one's graduating the Sheriff's Academy coming up. And just they both finished college and just just really remarkable things. And they love God and they, you know, and it's really it's all a testament to what recovery can do. Being surrounded by people that are trying to seek and follow God's will one day at a time, like manna from heaven. I love that metaphor. You know, I love to have a story in the Bible about, and I think about manna all the time because we don't, we can't do it on yesterday's surrender. You know, I have to do it today. Get out there and, and stay close to God today and don't worry about tomorrow. And as soon as I think I'm out of food or energy and resources or whatever, tomorrow's a new day and God's mercies are new every morning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, recovery is such an exciting life. Yes. And I think yes. as as addicts or addicted brain people, we have this proclivity for adrenaline. We want the excitement. We want, you know, and people think, well, if I give all that up, my life's over. It's going to be boring. And right. That's not true. I mean, if you've ever read the Bible, the whole thing is an adventure from the beginning (laughs) to the end. And if you can surrender to God, God's not boring. Like sometimes the church makes it seem like he's going to be boring and he's going to rain on our parade. But he is the most exciting, innovative, interesting God that will make things happen and will give you your heart's desire in sobriety. You don't even know. Yeah, you yeah, don't even know you yeah. desire, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's very fun. I mean, wouldn't you yes. say recovery is, it's, there's just oh, yeah. so many different things and opportunities, and you get to be fully alive. Like, you get to show yes. up to life fully yes. yourself, you know? Yes, yeah. It's a beautiful life. I, it, I highly recommend it, you know? And like <laughs> I said, there are so many it is so much better than being lost alone, trapped in those the prison of addiction. It's truly a, a dark prison that I put myself in, and I don't ever want to go back there again. I'm so grateful to be breathing in and out, and, and I still have a weakness on my left side, and every time I notice it, Jody, even riding mm-hmm. or something, my right hand will overtake my left one, and every time it's like Paul with the thorn in the side, I say, yeah. thank you, God for this weakness because I'm breathing in and out, you know, and life is good. And I don't know what he's got next, but I am so grateful. I'm so, I just, I'm just so grateful. You know, what advice would you give to families or people struggling from, you know, from your own experience, kind of a, maybe Uh a, a, you know, if, if there's something you would have known then, like, what do you wish you would have known then? Or what would you tell families who have, a son or a daughter well, or someone okay. struggling with addiction. Cause uh, you know, when I'm online and, and just go into the groups, it's just mm-hmm. so many moms that yeah. just, they don't know what to do. I'm not saying the dads aren't there, but I just, you know, you know how it is. We always hear from the yeah. moms and their son and, or their daughter. And it's just so, I don't right. know anybody that doesn't have a kid or a, a family member that isn't, isn't struggling with it. And, and it's hard to, 
it's hard to know what to say. Yeah. You, even I, having lost a brother to addiction and right. and the 20 years of chaos in my family, I think I've told you this before, where I used to, oh, mom, you got to have boundaries and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do all this stuff. Now I just call her and I say, you know what? Yeah. It's not your fault. Right. It's not my yeah. fault. It's nobody's yeah. fault. I never would tell you to do what I used to tell you to do because I don't yeah. know anymore. <laughs> right. And, and and I mean, you know, it's like the more yeah. I know, yeah. the less I know about yeah. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, girl. I just, I, you know, I guess I just start with the fact that, you know, that their life is so important, how much God loves yeah. each one of us, you know, that message of, because I think mm -hmm. if I forget that, you know, I focus on, yeah, I'm broken, you know, and, and I'm going to turn my everything over to God. Well, I got to really know what that is. I got to focus on, you know, how important my life is to God, how much I matter to God. And that's, that's kind of, you know, people that feel that way, that start understanding how much they mean to God, they live differently. They live a surrendered life. They, they trust him more, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I guess, I guess that'd be the most, I mean, that's when I talk, I usually try to remember to really tell people how much they, because if, if they, God loved me in that place, he loves every one of us, even trying and failing and messing up. The Bible's full of stories of our human yeah. failings and coming back to God and how much he loves us. He was seeking us and will continue to seek us all the way to the end. You know, that's how much he loves us. God is love, you know, yeah. and he created us for that to be, he created us for love. That's our purpose. And and we forget that because we think it's all about the world and seeking the world's yeah. approval and all those shiny things. Or, you know, maybe this will fix me, you know, all the idols of the world, you know, and yeah. all human failings fall into tyranny and idolatry. That was a great mm. John Calvin, you know, thing. And I think that's really true, you know, yeah. tyranny and idolatry. I'm either running the show, playing God in my life, or I'm you know, I'm looking for another idol. This will fix me. Maybe this will, maybe I'll just take this and forget about it all, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that becomes God, you know? And I just, I just, you know, every single person is so precious to God. Every single person, no matter where they are on the streets, you know, or, yeah. or laying in a bed, trying to just listen and find some hope to get out of bed today, you know, or maybe they're at work and lost or lost in a marriage or, financial distress, you know, all kinds of things, but every single person matters so much to God and we've got to come home. We got to come yeah. back. The truth is I've got to start with the honest truth, which is I don't have any answers, but God does, right? Exactly. God does for my life and he loves me and I'm going to accept his promises for my life. I'm going to accept his help for my life and the love he yeah. has to give me, you know? And, that was and I love like what you said about, yeah, about how just being loved through it. And that didn't that didn't mean enabling or having terrible yeah. boundaries and things like that. But the way your family, they loved you through it. They supported you when you were doing good and they made things difficult when you weren't. Right. And they made it hard as for long me as do the right thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And as long as they weren't in danger or whatever, right, they, they right. could do that. And oh, yeah. I think that's that's super important too. Right. Um, try not to bring the shame on because, it, and it's hard not to, you know, it's hard yeah. not to when we're angry with someone, why can't you just quit? You're such a loser, but yeah. bringing and the well, shame. I never is... heard any of that. Yeah. I right. never got mm -hmm. that from my family ever. 
I got a lot of love and you're, you know, you matter and you're going to die. Yeah. From you, you know, the kind of things that, that I always tell law enforcement and people to share talking tips is, you know, saying those kind of things, you mm-hmm. matter, your life yeah. matters. This is going to kill you. You're going to die from this, you know, yeah. after an overdose or anything like that, you got to get help and you're not going to make it on your own. This will kill you and you will die on your own. We've seen, and we see so many overdoses, some of them that aren't deadly. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, tell them the truth. This is going to kill you. Don't be afraid to tell them the truth. My family was not afraid to say, you're going to die from this and yeah. we don't want you to die. You know? Yeah. You yeah. matter in our family. So mm-hmm. the other thing I would recommend is Narcan getting, get having that yes. as well. Do you guys distribute yeah. that? Because, um, yes. and, and I want to get some too. And basically what it is, is it's a nasal spray. And if, if someone ODs, you can reverse it. It, it, yes. it reverses an, an overdose and they re- literally bring people back from the verge of death. And so, yes. yeah. And you can get it at, I mean, um, you can get it at most pharmacies and things like that, but it's, yeah. it's really a good, um, thing to have. I've done a, like I spoke at the Sacramento women's conference and we did some training on, you know, on that kind of stuff and stuff at the state Capitol, the overdose rallies and things like mm-hmm. that, where there's a lot of places where they train you. It's not hard to do, you know, yeah. but it, I always tell people that have kids at home to say all those things that, my parents said to me, you know, that we've shared, but also if they're, if they're using street drugs, you better have that stuff available. If they're using yeah. anything, you know, even marijuana, I would have it available, uh, Narcan because sometimes it's laced with fentanyl, you it know, is. and you just, the stuff on the streets is deadly. It will kill you. And so it's just, you know, it, and, and I believe in those, those kind of products because I think if you give them another chance, why would you not? People think, you know, they're going to just go use again. Well, right. But I'm going to keep, we're going to do everything we can to give God, you know, to give them a chance to surrender this to God and get help. Because I've seen people from the brink of death. I've seen other people. I've gone back to that same ICU and sat with people that were surely dead. Yeah. That have come back and lived wonderful lives. One guy was just running a marathon that I talked to (laughs) last year. I mean, Really, yeah. it is amazing what God can do, and I won't give up on people as long as they're breathing in and out. And even yeah, now, I ask God to watch over them, right? Yeah, so. absolutely. And and with Narcan, it's just—I mean, sure, there's paramedics that maybe they get annoyed; they have to get the same person over and over and over and over That's again. Right. But yep. you know, it, this is not enabling when someone's going to die. I mean, you're—you right. know—it's it, worth saving the life over oh, and yeah. over and over again because, yeah. as you said, we—you know. Your bottom's different from someone else's bottom. There are people that, oh my gosh, I overdosed yeah. ten times, I, you know, and and now I'm, I'm sober and I'm living a good life. I mean, it, that's right. That can that's happen right. sometimes, you know. That's right. That is so, so much God's business when they, you know, when they live <laughs> right. and when they die. Right. We just got to fight for them. And Narcan's a great, a great resource to try to bring people back to get another chance to live. You know. Amen. Well, my friend, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your story, experience, strength, hope, advice, all those sorts of things. It's been just fantastic. I want to give another shout out. Uh, The book is called Ruby Shoes, Surviving Prescription Drug Addiction. What else do you want to say or maybe Uh, give friends your website or email or things like that if they want to get in touch with you yeah the book like i said the more the more we sell the more we can give away we sell for everybody every hundred we give 50 away 
I just want to say thank you, Jody. You're just such a great voice in recovery and just such a beautiful friend. I'm just so grateful oh. for our friendship and and I Me love too. that we're doing similar work and you yeah. know, and lots of different and I really believe God's gonna call us to do all kinds of things in the future. I'm I'm excited about what we get to do in God's yeah. kingdom and trying to help people. What a beautiful thing. So yeah. Yay. Well, amen. <laughs> and remember, it's a we program. So yes. if you're struggling with addiction, we just encourage you to get help. Don't be ashamed. Right. Just show up. You know, we were talking about right. this the other day. Even if you're still on drugs or drinking, just show up, you know, that's suit right. up and show up, get to a meeting, get some help. That's Because yeah. that's the one place that people are going to accept you the way you yeah. are. So we just, just right. get right? Get help. And again, love it if you would share this show with anybody you know struggling with addiction, friends, family member, maybe it's you. And please leave a review on iTunes, whatever app you're listening through. You can listen on iTunes and Spotify and tune in and and, um, gosh, there's so many of these now. Most apps, I don't know, I think I've got it hooked up on like 10 of them. Um, So be sure and check that out, Genuine Life Recovery. You can also connect with me at jodystevens.org and... You can email me at genuinelife at jodystevens.org. So thanks, friends, and we will talk to you next time. Yay! Thank you.